Hey, um, <clears throat> I just wanted to say that I, I love you guys and I'm grateful for the, this time to be with you uh, on Father's Day. In a way, it is a very awkward occasion because Father's Day is the anticlimax compared to that of Mother's Day, right? Mother's Day, they love it, they take pictures, they cry, you know, and they don't know what to do on Father's Day, right? <clears throat> and um, in the uh, Vietnamese gatherings, uh, one of the guys were uh, trying, as usual, to find proverbs, maxims, things like that in Vietnamese, talking about the father. And what he told us was that there are very few compared to those of uh, talking about mother. Okay? And uh, many of them, like fathers, are mentioned together with mother. And some of the maxims concerning fathers are outright like negative. <laughs> okay? So... Um, um, I think that in that contrast, we could see a different picture, a glorious picture, when the Bible teaches us about the Father. And I hope that we can come back to that and see things that we miss um, in our life, in our walk with God. But before that, I would like to... Uh, to express my, my, my gratitude to, uh, to the caring leadership that Tony has for you. In a way, I'm not that close to you guys as I would love to. So I, 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 I thank you for the leadership. And in a way, it is awkward for me to relate to him too, you know? What do we do, okay? I love him, but how do I express it, you know? And so, to make up for that, Tony, come here. I want to give you a hug. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Okay. I love you. Okay. I love you. I love you. Uh, that's uh, the best I can manage, okay? The, the kissing part would be much later, okay? So... Um, I think let me jump directly to the story that Jesus told us, uh, that Justin just read to us. Because here we have the awkward relationship uh, of the two sons to the father, right? Actually, it's a broken relationship. Uh, the two sons in the story Jesus told us didn't understand their father. The younger son seems to understand the father's property more than understanding the father's heart, right? Care of the property. And he didn't know, he didn't care that his request to have his part of the property would break the father's heart. In Asian culture, you do not do things like that because in requesting your part of the estate, you are wishing him to die early for you to get that. His heart was on something else. His heart was on a journey to a far country, to Las Vegas. <laughs> no, it's not in another state. It's another country. I think it must be Macau or somewhere. Pleasure. 
to be with. He seems to know about the funds in that distant country more than the fields at home. Okay. In contrast, the eldest son knew his father's fields very well. In fact, he served the father in the father's fields for many years in an exemplary way. He said, I never transgressed your commands. Okay? He also knew the servants at home. He knew how to give them order, how to get information from them when he needs it. And certainly, the older brother knows the lifestyle of his younger brother, right? He described it. I don't know if he went to uh, Macau with his uh, brother, but he said, you know, this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes. So that's, he, he understands at least a little bit about the fumes, about the servants, about the lifestyle of his younger brother, but he didn't understand the father. He told him, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. So he must have thought his father was a strict, stingy guy who only cares about his work in the field and his property. He thought that his father didn't care about celebration. He didn't care about his celebration with his friends. And when the father thinks about celebration, he, he, he gave the celebration to the wrong guy, his younger brother. So it's pretty much a dysfunctional family, right? <laughs> because the sons didn't understand the father. Another thing the older brother didn't understand about the father was that he didn't know he could always ask the father. He didn't ask his father for anything. He waited in a resentful, bitter way while faithfully serving in the fields. So we do have these sons around us and among us nowadays. Uh, in the world, we know that there are those who think of God in strange ways, okay? And actually, there are those who uh, think that there is no God. There is no Father in this universe. Quite a few declare that uh, it is uh, the official uh, ideology, okay? There are countries that teaches there is no God. God is just a pigment of imagination, leftover uh, superstition from the time when people were afraid of lightning and floods and the like. Now we are civilized. Now we know more. We know that there's no God. We don't see him. We fly into space. We don't see him. This is a blind universe. Life exists by chance. The world exists by chance. There's no purpose, no grand design, no foundation for right and wrong. Everything moral is what you project. Or uh, they must be relative. 
there's no ultimate authority that we need to answer to. And I grew up in a country like that. But there are also hundreds of millions who believe in God. And they fear God. They're afraid of God. They think God is mainly interested in power. And that's why when they want to be faithful to God, they fight for God, they battle for God. They call it holy wars, okay? Jihad. And we witness that around us in our time. For them, fear of God is front and center of the life, knowing him. So uh, you can think that it's just another religion, um, thinking God about God that way. But I believe we also uh, met a Jew, uh, uh, Christians who think God uh, more or less like police, you know, police are necessary for society, but you don't want to come close to police, right? When you drive, you know, if you can keep a distance from a police car, it's better, right? Come on, be, be honest, right? For me, you know, if I, I see a police car nearby, I feel a little bit, you know, nervous, right? Okay, right? Same, Beatrice, right? You, okay. <laughs> So, um, so, so we think of God about that, right? Uh, 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 about God like that, okay? And um, and and so um, it can be uh, quite nervous being close to Him. And this mentality is a little bit better if you think God in a local way, you know? Those who uh, believe God is intensely present in the sanctuary, okay? So they behave in the sanctuary. In the VM service, husbands don't argue with their wives in the sanctuary, okay? They wait till they get to the parking lot, okay? And if they drive away from the parking lot a little bit of distance, it's safer, right? You understand that, that, that mentality, right? <laughs> but a woe to you guys who know that God is all-seeing. Okay? In that case, if God looks at you and knows you in your private home, like in uh, the sanctuary, then, you know, the urge is to hide from him in some way. And the urge, the tendency to hide from God is from the beginning, from Adam and Eve, when they sinned. And not only uh, in Adam and Eve, but all through the history of his people, even David said, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle 
on the far side of the sea, even your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely, darkness will hide me. And the light become night around me. Even darkness will not be dark to you, and the night will shine like the day. For darkness is as light to you. So, it's, it's difficult, you know. You believe in God, but you don't want to be clo- too close to, to God, to that Father of yours. Some people make it uh, more simple. They think God is sort of a, of a big genie, granting your wishes in life, rescuing you, healing your sickness, giving you a job, a wife. Uh, what's the point of believing in God if not to get blessings from him? So sometimes I am curious and wonder why home still goes to church when he got a job and a gorgeous wife and kids. <laughs> why? There must be something more, right? Not just for those blessings. Why, why, why do I, I, I say like that? Because there are those, when I invite to uh, the prayer meeting, they came for a while, and then I ask, like, why, are, why, why don't I see you anymore? They say, because I'm fine now. I, I've got a job, okay? I I am no longer sick. So what's the point? You understand that? That mentality? You come to God when you're desperate. But now when you are fine. So what's the point of of prayer? Right? Because we think of God. Our Father as the one who would bestow blessings, rescues when we need him only. Um... So um, generally, if um, people show up at church regularly, they feel okay because God is interested in the church going, okay? If your friends show up at the church uh, three times a month, then it's uh, pretty acceptable, right? (laughs) Okay. But if your friend goes to church regularly, and if your friend serves in some ministry, then that's better, right? Because God is interested in your being at church, we think. And God is interested in you because you serve him. And that is not wrong, but it's missing a big part. So with that mentality, if you truly want to get rewards from God, then go out and evangelize, you know, or serve the homeless. And that is like being a saint. Look, I believe in all those things. I believe in worshiping God regularly. I believe in doing ministry. I believe in serving the poor for God. But I also know that is quite possible for us to engage in all those things without understanding the heart of the father. Just like the older son. And one of the reasons we do not understand God the father 
is that we are affected by the relationship with our earthly father. Because alcoholic father can hit you randomly. Workaholic father is so distant. And we know fathers who uh, are interested, uh, interested in your grades, your jobs, your career. And we do have fathers who do not talk much. So uh, many of us grew up not ever feeling the need of a father. Our mother will do. Sometimes it's even better to grow up without a father who always tries to control or discipline you. Or, or father that messes up with your mother. Okay. So that kind of relationship can affect our relationship to our, our heavenly father in ways we might not think. Uh, it affects the way we pray. We might now feel the need. Uh, we, we, we might not feel the need to pray much. Praying is more of an, uh, a religious obligation rather than anything else. Asking God for something is complicated, full of conditions and restrictions and warnings from our experience. So better get it yourself. Thinking of God like that affects the way we serve. It affects the way we celebrate. We think God frowns on celebration especially when celebration is involved or alcohol, alcohol is involved, wine is involved in celebration. We think God frowns on many of those things. So we better celebrate away from God, okay? It affects the way we relate to people. The approval that we unconsciously seek from people Manipulation of people seems to be the way to survive in life. You only need to do manipulation in a discreet way. And we know the older brother withdraws from his brother. He withdraws from his father. He withdraws from family celebration. And so, many of us today, not outside the church, but inside the church, can live in isolation. And we feel truly lonely in the crowd, even in, in church crowds, or especially in church crowds, where we need to talk nice, okay? And so we cannot express the anguish, the puzzles, you know, the real thoughts, feelings, okay. So that is the, I think, the context of then and today that we need to listen to the story of Jesus about the Father. It is Jesus who taught the world to call God Father. Jesus leads us back to the Father. 
Jesus teaches us to pray to the Father. But while he was far away, the prodigal son, his father saw him and was moved with compassion and ran and embraced the neck and kissed him. So can you feel in that verse the embracing love of the father? The love that reaches out, that is ever ready in the father's heart. If we were the father, we might say, hey, son, it's okay that you come back. It's high time for you to do that. You know, you rest for a couple of days. Then we'll talk about what you did in Macau, okay? And we will talk about what you do with the property that you squandered. In fact, we need to bring your older brother into discussion or else he will make a scene of this and I do not want him to be working in my fields with a resentful heart. So you need to speak to him too, right? It's, it's just fair. But there is no such calculation in the Father's heart that Jesus is teaching us. And guys, without truly understanding, believing, and experience that kind of love, we are all doomed. We would be condemned to a life, perhaps religious, but with a forever guilty conscience and a drivenness to settle the debt with the Father. But Jesus points us to the love of a father that the weary and burden-laden soul can rest. This is the love God wants to give to us, his wayward children. You know what? Understanding that love has an amazing effect on how we think and feel about ourselves. Remember the urge to flee from God in Psalms 139? You know, in that Psalms, when he surrendered to God, this is what he said. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. And in that kind of love, you can be yourself. You can celebrate yourself as God's amazing piece of work. And your whole journey following him would be the journey of taking away the phone strappings, in order to understand, to discover your true self and to grow that true self for God. And that love is so essential for us not to fall into the trap of seeking approval of others so that we can have a life of the significance. 
we will be free or freer in not depending on the praises or rejections of, of people while we care for them, while we love them. So that is the father that Jesus teaches us about. Not only he teaches us about that father, he models that relationship to the father to us. You remember when he was baptized, the Bible says that there is a voice from heaven. A voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. Meaning that Jesus, when he started his ministry, he was sure of the Father's love, of the pleasure of the Father upon him. And so, he didn't depend on the crowds for a sense of significance in a life of a preacher. He was a preacher. He was a healer. He was a miracle worker. But he didn't do that to win the approval of others of the crowds because he was sure, even when he was rejected, of the Father's love. And as a teacher, he didn't depend on his students, the moods of his students, right? What if he depends on the moods of his students? What happened when they flee from him, they deny him, okay? He can just throw everything off and say, it's okay if the world rejects me. What about you guys? Okay? No, he didn't depend on, on that for the significance of his mission in life. He was still able to love them because deep down he knows and he is sure of the love of his father. And guys, I believe that that is the secret of life and relationship and ministry and healing and freedom and power. So, it explains the life Jesus led because often in the morning he spent time in solitude and prayers. What for? He wasn't asking for a wife, a job. He was enjoying his relationship with his father. And when he gets that love full in his heart, then he can live a life of loving service and teaching. And I believe that is uh, my main job, Tony's main job, to receive God's love first before we preach anything, before we serve anything. But it is not only what Tony and I need each of us will need to receive that love from our Heavenly Father. Dorothy and Beatrice need that love from their Heavenly Father because 
that earthly father does not always provide that, you know? And um, so, Billy, the worship team, will need that love. Jason and the tech team will need that love to serve. Okay, turn to the guy next to you, say, you need that love, you know? <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, to, 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 to serve God, you know, to serve God, you know? You need that love to be at the church. Oh, yeah, what are you here for, you know? So um, we understand those who mess up uh, outside and they come to church. If we are the church uh, full of older brothers, then there's a problem. You agree? Now, messed up people come to church to seek God. And if the church comprises of too many young, uh, older brothers, you know, what would happen when they come? They seek forgiveness. They seek acceptance. They seek real friendship. And we look at them. What did you do with my cow? Why is that a two? <laughs> okay? And, and, and we don't reflect the Father's love. We need to experience that love in order to have the right community group, you know, the, the, the proper Christian uh, ministry group. Because without understanding that kind of love, we can be uh, unintentionally rejecting other people without knowing or manipulating them to perform and just to perform. And without that love, we might not understand celebration. Many of us do not understand what the Sabbaths are for. Why do we need to take a day off to rest? What's the point if God is interested in your work, your performance, your productivity, then why rest? Okay? But rest. Sabbath is set apart for you to enjoy God. You can enjoy God in solitude. You can enjoy God in nature. You can enjoy God in, uh, in friendship. You can enjoy God, you know, in the gifts from God. Um, without that kind of love, our relationship with one another would be unintentionally manipulative. And personal styles can dominate the teams without us being aware of it. Others serve around us, but they might serve as clones, blaming themselves that they are not quite like us, rather than celebrating their unique character traits, giftedness, and calling. So... Let us praise God for the story that Jesus reveals the Father's heart to us. The Father's heart is the heart of ministry. 
the heart of discipleship. It is the heart of the gospel. Coming closer to the Father's heart. It is the heart of eternal life. To know the true God and Jesus Christ, the one he has sent. 